You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Monday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and I'm excited to be back for another episode today. And I do apologize for getting this out a little bit late, um, but I'll explain all that in just a few moments. I do want to tell you about Built Bar, though. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. And on today's show, we have a ton of stuff to cover. We got some wrestling updates. We have... The review of the men's win over Penn State. Luca Garza breaking a record. Jordan Bohannon getting close to a record. We're going to talk all about that. There's also some NFL news. And the Iowa basketball schedule has officially been updated. We're talking all about that on today's show. Again, I apologize for getting the show out a little bit late. My wife and I are working on selling our home, which means we are doing a lot of work on getting it ready. And I basically worked for 24 hours this weekend just on my house. After watching the Iowa game yesterday, I was just truly exhausted and just couldn't give you the energy that I wanted to. And you also might hear some background noise. I'm not in my same office that I typically am as that has been basically packed up and ready to go. Uh, So I do apologize for any background noise you might hear. But again, I appreciate you all tuning in. I appreciate you listening. And uh, let's get let's get going with another episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Before we get into the men's basketball talk, I do want to cover a few other things. In NFL news, Christian Kirksey um, was released by the Green Bay Packers. Uh, it makes sense. I, I get why they released him. Um, he was what they needed, really, though, from a, a coverage linebacker. And Christian Kirksey will get picked up somewhere else. The reason why he was released um, is really twofold here. It's the fact that he is... A, you know, higher cap, or a higher cap player, and because the NFL cap is in a very uncertain time, there's a lot of teams that are quite over. There's only a few teams that have any sort of money, and right now with the cap dipping, so you, in most years the NFL cap goes up roughly ten million dollars. This year it's dipping anywhere between twenty and thirty million dollars. Uh, due to the coronavirus pandemic. So that is going to be an issue, and we're going to see a lot of veterans get released. So I don't expect this to be the last Hawkeye veteran, and we'll talk about that on a later episode this week. But I don't expect this to be the last Hawkeye veteran released, um, but I do believe Christian Kirksey will find himself at home. On the wrestling front, men's wrestling was supposed to take on Wisconsin. They uh, they had a delay, you know a little bit of a delay due to coronavirus. The last couple of weeks weren't able to be in the gym for a week. They were taking a lot of safety measures to make sure their team was healthy. And they were supposed to get Wisconsin uh, this Sunday. However, Wisconsin canceled the meet, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. Here's what Tom Brands and Gary Barta had to say. They were clearly not happy, and I do not blame them at all. Uh, Tom Brands said. Our medical team did their job to the nth degree. We have been diligent. We have followed protocol. We have the green light to compete from our medical professionals and per Big Ten Conference protocol. And Barta said, we are disappointed in the decision to cancel Sunday's duel. Now, we've seen Wisconsin err on the side of caution before. Um, During the football season, when they were down to their fourth-string quarterback, they quickly postponed that game or canceled it, I should say. And despite having not met the protocols for canceling a game yet, uh, personally, given the fact that the men's wrestling team, the Iowa wrestling team, is a phenomenal squad that would have absolutely annihilated Wisconsin, uh, I think this is Wisconsin pulling a pretty petty move here. I understand 
that there are concerns about health, but the Iowa Hawkeye athletic community has followed every safety protocol to a T. And that's why the big 10 has these safety protocols in place. There's a reason for them. And Iowa has been following them. That's why they took a seven day delay. They, they stopped training for seven days specifically to not allow this stuff to happen, right? They did not want to have a case where they could not compete yet. Here we are dealing with that now. And I think that to me is just absolutely ridiculous from Wisconsin to be able to go ahead and cancel that. In my personal opinion, I, I'm not a fan of it. I think it's garbage. I think it's a bogus move. Um, and at this point, not really sure what to expect from the men's wrestling team uh, as far as when they get their next meet. I know they were going to try to reschedule that Penn State match, but at this point, we're kind of running up on you know the the Big Ten Conference tournament. So we were supposed to get Penn State. That was postponed. Northwestern was postponed. Wisconsin was canceled. The Big Ten Championships are in two weeks starting on March 6th. So right now that actually gives, if they're able to, potentially reschedule a match this upcoming weekend against either Northwestern or Penn State. Both you know both matches have been postponed. Maybe it's a double duel. Um, we will see on that. Obviously the Wisconsin match canceled. But that is my best bet. Um, the Big Ten has to move pretty quickly though if they want to get those matches in. Um, we definitely would love to see Iowa versus Penn State. But at this point, is it really worth it? I mean, there's an argument to say you want to get your your guys uh, another opportunity, another crack to get back into it after taking a break. But one could also argue that this Iowa wrestling squad has been locked and loaded for quite some time, and they've been ready to go since last year's opportunity was taken away from them. So that's my thoughts on it. I, it'll be interesting to see. As we get more information, we'll definitely be breaking that down. I hope they can reschedule maybe a Penn State matchup. That would be a lot of fun. Um Personally, selfishly, I think getting Northwestern would be probably the best move, though. Uh, get a little bit of an easier match. Give them an opportunity to uh, get, you know, notch a few wins under their belt and just kind of warm up for the Big Ten Championship, which will be a lot of fun beginning March 6th, also in Pennsylvania. Along the wrestling front, uh, three Iowa Hawkeyes competed in the state wrestling tournament this past weekend. Drake Ayala, uh, a huge recruit for the men's wrestling team, he won his third state third state championship. Uh, he's going to be wrestling for the Iowa Hawkeyes next year. Um, Iowa football commit Griffin Little. We actually had him on the podcast a couple months ago. He is a fantastic guy to talk to, really level-headed, really down-to-earth. He won a state championship as well, won the title. And Aaron Graves, a 2022 recruit, he finished fourth in the state championship despite not having wrestled in a couple of years. So I'm just going to show the athleticism of Aaron Graves. I uh, love to see that from high school guys uh, making making their name making their name heard at the state wrestling tournament. And again, Drake being a guy who I'm really excited to watch in a wrestling uniform, a wrestling guitar next year for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Lots of fun there. Coming up on segment number two, we're going to get into some basketball talk, uh, talking about the men's basketball schedule and their performance, and also talking a little bit about the women's schedule. They have a big matchup up against Maryland tomorrow, which will be a ton of fun to watch a ranked Maryland squad. If, if they can take this down, that'll be huge. Iowa, a team that's not on a on the bubble per se, but but flirt with it a little bit, and uh, they definitely need every win they can get. Getting a signature win against Maryland on the road will be huge. They also get Michigan um, at home on Thursday, so two opportunities this week to take down a ranked squad. This is a squad that has continued to grow as the season progresses, and despite having 
limited expectations coming into the season have, have really shined and, and have shown there's a huge future for this women's basketball team with the, the direction of Caitlin Clark, you know, former five-star point guard leading the way for this women's squad. So again, coming up on segment number two and three, we're going to get into some basketball talk. You know, I got to tell you about some, some fantastic promos we got though. You got to go to betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Betonline.ag even covers awards, TV shows, and reality television, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline.ag has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up today. With March Madness on the horizon, why not put a little bit of extra money in your pocket by betting on those games? And right now, you can head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right. You put money in, you already get money back. So you can put more money in to your betting needs. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. BetOnline.ag, use that promo code locked on. Put some money in your pocket today at BetOnline.ag. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts a breakdown of the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcast at. And as I said before we took a quick break, we want to talk about some, some basketball because the men's squad took down Penn State. It was an ugly game. It was not the best game Iowa has played, but it was a very important game in terms of the grit and Iowa battling back um, in the you know in the midst of adversity to take that win, 74 to 68. The biggest issue I saw uh, early on was defensively. Iowa was struggling defensively, allowed Penn State to score 41 points. Penn State not the best offense, not even I would say they are a average to above average offense. They scored 41 points in the first half. They were really doing well against Iowa, um, and Iowa didn't have an answer for it. They stuck around in zone way too long against Penn State, which is an issue that we've seen consistently with this team. Zone has not worked. I know Fran McCaffrey wants to be able to utilize the zone to protect the lack of athleticism with his athletes, but I would rather Penn State get to the line or get to the basket as opposed to raining wide open threes. Wide open threes can be demoralizing and they can be crushing. And when you see a team like Penn State, they can go on a run with those three points. And that's exactly what they did to close out the half to be at 41 to 36, especially the fact that they got that bullcrap goaltending call, which we'll get into in a second. But that's what really worried me was the zone defense. Again, we can't rely on the zone defense, even though we're limited athletically. Um, when we're in man defense, it gives us a better opportunity to compete. And one of the reasons outside of protecting your uh, limited athletic defenders is to go into zone, obviously, is to protect their, you know, the wear and tear and the energy levels they have, right? You, If you stay in zone, it's not going to be theoretically um, as much energy burned as if you are running around following the same guy around on the court. Now, I get that, but Iowa has a deep bench they like to turn to. Fran McCaffrey likes to play nine, even ten guys at any given time. And if you have a deep bench like that, especially when your bench can play man defense even better, a lot better than your first string guys, you have to play more man. It's the, I think it's the only way Iowa can truly compete defensively. And you have to allow your big men down low to redirect shots. Now we saw Penn State, and this was the other thing that I saw, thought Penn State did a really good job of in the first half, was they did a great job of designing plays to get Luca Garza and Jack Nungy out in space. 
defensively. They took Luka Garza away from the basket, and they did it in a couple ways. A, they would get Luka Garza out of the, you know, out of the way, and they would get uh, a pass down in the post, or they would take a shot with Luka Garza out of the post, and that would allow one of the Penn State's guys, and they did a great job of crashing the boards, to crash the boards over Iowa and win that rebounding battle in those moments. Now, Iowa did win the overall rebounding battle, but that's what Penn State was doing. I thought Iowa came out more energized in the second half and played a much better level of intensity defensively, and as you can see, they only allowed Penn State 27 points in the second half. So 41 in the first half, 27 in the second half, 68 points overall. Iowa, in their last five games, have allowed five of their seven lowest scoring games against Big Ten schools. That has all come in the last five games. So defensively, Iowa's figuring it out. And an Iowa team that can play even just average defense has a chance of going a very long ways. And they have a very they have a very good chance of going a long ways if CJ Frederick can also stay healthy. In a game where Joe Wieskamp struggled quite a bit, where Luka Garza, you could clearly tell, he, or at least it seemed like he was pressing. It honestly seemed like most of the Iowa offense was pressing in this game. C.J. Frederick came out and played phenomenally. That's what you get from a C.J. Frederick when he's healthy. 28 minutes to play, 18 points, 7 to 10 shooting, 4 or 7 from 3. I didn't think he was going to play this game. And the reason being is when Fran McCaffrey talks about C.J. Frederick, it's day-to-day, right? It's always day-to-day. But with Michigan on the horizon, with Ohio State on the horizon, playing Wisconsin on Thursday, I just did not feel like especially given the fact that C.J. Frederick's been basically every other game. Um, and I know he played a, a 31 minutes against Wisconsin. I just didn't feel like he was going to play against Penn State. I felt like they were going to save him for Michigan or Ohio State. But to do that, to me, says that C.J. Frederick is healthy and ready to go. So, again, Iowa defensively struggles in that first half, but overall did a great job once they cleared some things up. They allowed they only allowed Penn State to shoot 35% from the you know from the field, 33% from three. Not great, but better than we've typically seen. Now, where Iowa struggled at was they got a little sloppy offensively. And I have a few ideas why. Um, the first thing I, I feel like, and this was actually something that was mentioned to me by one of my my best friends. He said it, it feels like they were all putting pressure on themselves with Luca Garza to you know trying to break. Roy Marble's scoring record, which Luca Garza did on a phenomenal pass by Jordan Bohannon. So I thought that was really awesome to see. You know, and again, Iowa pressing, but and, and, and you can even tell Luca Garza knew that he was about to get that scoring record. He airballed a free throw. I don't think I've ever seen Luca Garza airball a free throw. That was that was crazy to me. But um, you get caught up in the moment, you get excited, and once he was able to get that scoring, he was able to get that you know that monkey off his back, and Luca Garza continues to finish off the game to put up great numbers and 33 minutes of action. Luka Garza, 23 points, 11 rebounds, eight of 16 shooting seven, 11 from field, the free throw line, which is something he wanted to improve on. He struggled a bit, um, but three turnovers in that game. Uh, very untypical uh, for Luka Garza to have that many turnovers in the post, um, but he did finish also with two assists, did a good job uh, with finding open shooters. And you could tell, Iowa wanted to get him the ball early. They wanted to get him the ball. They were trying to find ways to get Luka Garza the ball to get him that scoring record. And again, it felt like the entire team was pressing a little bit sloppier of a game. Iowa with a season high, uh, a tying season high, 15 turnovers. Um, Penn State is not the best team in the nation at forcing turnovers. They're 38th in steal percentage, but 225th in non-steal turnover percentage. Iowa turns the ball over five times that were not forced. They weren't steals right now, right? So that to me was... 
it, it was sloppy and it was not fun to watch. But the fact that Iowa was able to battle back in a game where Joey's camp struggled, six turnovers from Joey's camp, not exactly what you are wanting to see from your number two guy. But he did come on strong in that second half, and I loved to see that. So again, not a not an amazing game, not a uh, not a game you look back and say, wow, that was. That was really great stuff, Iowa. But you are happy with them getting a win. And on segment number three, I'm going to talk a little bit about why Penn State is not that bad of a team. I saw some people on Twitter saying, wow, Penn State sucks. How are we this close to them? Penn State sucks. Why is it such a close game? Well, we'll talk about that on segment number three because Penn State is not a bad team by any means. They are a solid squad, and we're going to talk all about that and continue our breakdown of this game before we get into a schedule breakdown as things have changed for the Iowa Hawkeyes coming up this week. That's all coming up on segment number three of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Before we get into that, though, you know I got to tell you about some awesome stuff at, at, at Locked, on, on Locked on Hawkeyes. We have um, a great promo right now. It is with Built Bar. And you've heard me talk about Built Bar a thousand times if you listened to the show before. I personally love Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. It's my go-to. I'm very heavy into workouts. I did an Ironman two years ago. I'm training for a half Ironman now. And you need to get your protein in. You need to get, and especially when you're doing those kind of workouts, nothing sounds better than a Snickers. Nothing sounds better than a candy bar, Right. Which is why Built Bar is so amazing because I'm able to satisfy my craving of a sweet thing, a chocolate, um, like uh, like a Built Bar, while also getting all the health and nutrients that I need in a protein bar. Built Bar comes in 18 amazing flavors. These bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and they are easy to chew. And as I mentioned, not only are they phenomenally delicious, they are great in the health department as well. One of my favorite flavors is cookies and cream. 17 grams of protein packed in a 130 calorie bar, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. It's exactly what I need either for a breakfast or for a post-workout snack, or if you just want to have something healthy throughout the day, grab yourself a Built Bar. Right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com, you can use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts at. And as I said before we took a break, we want to get into more of the recap of this Iowa game. Again, beating Penn State. It was sloppy. It was not a great game, but Iowa won, and that's what matters. Iowa got the win despite being down by five and a half. They got the win despite the fact they're playing. They're pressing a lot. They got the win despite playing bad defense in the first half, but they locked it down in the second half, where we have seen a lot of their losses come from when they start strong in the first half, and they let the team get back in in the second half. They did start strong. They got to a hot start early in the game, draining threes, but Penn State came back in the first half, and Iowa managed to turn it around, figure it out in the second half. Fran McCaffrey was pissed off, though. He was incredibly frustrated in that first half, and rightfully so. Iowa defensively really struggling, not doing what they needed to do, and they were just not getting the possessions they needed offensively. They were turning the ball over, they were playing sloppy, and they were just not doing what they needed to do to get the win. The officiating, again, ridiculous across the board. Uh, Big Ten officiating needs to be heavily reviewed this year because it is just pathetic. Um, Not even just against Iowa, but just overall pathetic. And and we talk about, gosh, it's just so dumb. Talk about the goaltending call. How was that a goaltending call? The ball hit the rim. Tony Perkins, and then they reviewed it and somehow still kept that goaltending call. I I don't get it. it. 
Big Ten is terrible. I'm excited to not have Big Ten refs, hopefully, um, in the NCAA tournament. That It is just pathetic watching them try to officiate a game. Frame McCaffrey, I don't – I'm trying to think back in the season if I've seen him more frustrated. I mean, you could yet hear him just screaming at the players or just, just screaming in general. Um, but he was pissed off, and rightfully so. So that was something interesting. Again, Joe Wieskamp struggled early, didn't get a point until the second half, then had 11 points on 4 of 11 shooting, did have six turnovers. Another guy who who struggled in just a few minutes of play. And, and this when people question why Jordan Bohannon's in there, um, and I've, I've been one of those people who've questioned that too. I, Jordan Bohannon is not the most athletic player in college basketball, one of the you know less athletic players. Uh, some of his shot selection, you can be very frustrated by if they're not going in, right? I mean, it makes sense. He was two of six yesterday, uh, had six points, but he is consistent with the ball. He's actually not, he's not turning the ball over like people seem to think he does. And yes, there's going to be times where you're going to have an athletic guard who can force turnovers. But the reason why, if you want to know why Joe Toussaint's not getting playing time, he just He's been a little erratic with the ball when he's gotten his time. In this game, seven minutes, two turnovers, minus five, plus minus the second worst on the team. Not ideal for the guard. Uh, I do expect him to you know, get it under control and figure it out, but he's just going through a rough rough stretch right now. Uh, on the flip side, Jordan Bohannon with six assists is just a few away from breaking Jeff Horner's all-time assist record for the Iowa Hawkeyes. It'll be fun to watch that against Michigan, something I'm definitely going to be watching. So really cool to see Luka Garza break the scoring record with an assist from Jordan Bohannon. And Jordan Bohannon, it'd be so perfect to see him break the assist record with an assist to Luka Garza. It would just be memorable to see that. Uh, and back to that Luka Garza scoring record, the tribute they gave to him after the game was just amazing. Um, watching Frank Garza clap after that, you, know, you, you can tell just how excited he was for his son. Uh, just truly an amazing accomplishment. And on tomorrow's show, we're actually going to be doing somewhat of a Luka Garza tribute, talking all about his career, his rise, um, what he's done at Iowa and what he can still do the rest of this year. So that's all coming up on tomorrow's show. One other thing I wanted to talk about before I get into Penn State and then go into the schedule is Connor McCaffrey has been really impressing me as of late because he is forcing people to guard him at the top of the key, which is something that is huge for this Iowa offense. Typically in the past couple of years, what we've seen is Connor McCaffrey cannot shoot the ball. That's the, that's the narrative, right? Connor McCaffrey can't shoot the ball, and teams sag off of him and force him to shoot. But he's starting to hit those threes a little bit easier. He's starting to drive to the basket and get you know get a couple shots up in the lane. And now people are forced to guard him, which does make it easier for Luka Garza. It does make it easier for the rest of the offense. And with CJ back, that's even bigger. Again, Connor McCaffrey not going to be the guy who's going to go off for 40 points, but he's playing really well, actually, shooting the ball this year. Uh, 48% from two, 33% from three. Again, not amazing numbers, but respectable numbers that require a defense to pay attention to you as opposed to allowing you to hit those back-breaking three-point shots that Connor McCaffrey has um, done a couple times this year. Also, Penn State, not the worst team in the Big Ten. I know they're you know they're low in the Big Ten rankings, but they are a solid program all around. I mean, uh, when you look at what Penn State's done, there's a reason why they are the 34th ranked team in Ken Palm. It's because they are talented. They are a good basketball team. So people saying this is not a quality win. Yeah, it's not it's not like beating Illinois. It's not like beating Ohio State or um, heck even beating Wisconsin, even though Wisconsin's really struggling. But it's still a good win. This is a team that played really strong against Ohio State. They beat Maryland. They beat Wisconsin. They beat Rutgers. Despite it was during Rutgers' tough time, they beat a Northwestern team that was doing well at the time. 
right? They had a close game against Ohio State early January or late January. They had a close game against Purdue. Um, they played tough against Illinois a couple times. I mean, this is a team that is in a lot of games. They don't lose games by a lot. They're competitive in all their games. And when you look at the rest of their schedule, there's a good chance they, they went out the rest of their schedule. They have a tough matchup against Purdue, which we should all be rooting for Penn State to beat Purdue on Friday, February 26th at home, which I'll get to on a future episode this week talking about the Big Ten seedings. But they have a chance to win out the rest of their season, go 4-0 and finish 13-14. and And honestly... I think a 13 and 14 team, a Penn State 13 and 14 team has a chance of making the tournament. That's how strong this this conference is. Overall, their strength of schedule is second in the nation. That's absurd. So they're they're getting a very tough draw. Um, this is a team though that I do think possibly could be in the NCAA tournament, at least from a talent perspective. They're a strong team. So don't be hating on Penn State by any means. Um, they are that was a tough game, and Iowa managed to battle back, and I'm glad they did, but uh, that was not going to be the easiest game by any means, despite the fact that I felt like Iowa did match up very well against Penn State. So Iowa beats Penn State 74-68. to We also got some schedule changes. Michigan gets moved up. So we have a very tough week ahead of us, and we are going to be covering all those shows right here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. On Thursday, Iowa heads to Ann Arbor to take on the Michigan Wolverines, a team that has just one loss in this entire season and just took care of Ohio State this past weekend. Uh, That is going to be a very tough game. They also get Ohio State on Sunday on the road. Another tough game followed up by Nebraska, which got which basically was the reason why all these games got moved around, and then Wisconsin at home. At this point, you kind of have to expect two and two, but I think if Iowa can find a way to go three and one, if they can find a way to beat either Michigan or Ohio State, that will give me a lot of confidence in this team. And specifically, if you beat Michigan State, I would love to see them beat Michigan State, but um, they need to get a win over Ohio State if they want to have any chance of moving up in the Big Ten seating into that three spot by any means. Um, But right now, just any win is going to matter. They need a combination of three wins or three losses by Purdue to get that four seed, basically. That'll be huge. So getting Michigan Thursday, February 25th in Ann Arbor, going to Ohio State on Sunday, that is two very tough back-to-back games. If Iowa wants to prove that the – if they want to silence the doubters – if they want to show that they are a national you know, national title contending team, they need to win one of those games. And I think if you win both those games, that puts Iowa on the map. I think that also gives Iowa a chance at the number one seed. Now, that's that's the route to the number one seed. You win out. And it starts by beating Michigan. You beat Ohio State. You get some confidence. You go and you take down Nebraska, Wisconsin. You go into the Big Ten tournament, and you get far in that tournament. I think you could get a one seed. If not, you're definitely getting a two seed if you win out the regular season. I, I see no way. Iowa doesn't get a two seed if they win out the regular season with wins over Michigan and Ohio State on the road, which is something the committee still does value. Despite the fact there are not fans, they still do value the road wins for teams in the NCAA atmosphere. So that's that's going to do it for the show today, though. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we're going to be breaking down Luka Garza's career, basically doing a little bit of a Luka Garza tribute. We also might touch on what Big Ten seating means for the Hawks. That might be tomorrow, might be Wednesday, but we'll be breaking all that down on the show this week. We're also going to try to get a crossover episode previewing the Iowa-Michigan matchup and no crossover episode with Jay Stevens covering the Iowa-Ohio State game only because uh, I'm going Based on a ski trip, I'm going to go skiing for a couple days or snowboarding for a couple days, I should say, and uh, won't have time to 
to get that out before the Ohio State game ends Thursday night. So I'll be recording my show probably solo on Thursday and dropping that Friday. Again, shows every single day this week. Thank you all for tuning in. Apologize for the late episode, but I hope you appreciate that I wanted to bring you the passion and energy that I'm I'm typically bringing, and I just wasn't able to do that after doing 24 hours of housework over a 48-hour period. So thank you all for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you like it, give us that five-star review and subscribe wherever you downloaded this podcast at, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Have a fantastic day. Hawkeye Nation, and let's go Hawks.